Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. So yes, as, uh, as mentioned, Thanksgiving is in a couple days. And it is one of our, our biggies here in America. And for many of us, uh, we, we are traditional about it. We like our, our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving meal. It might look like turkey, stuffing, gravy, potatoes, corn, all, all that kind of stuff. Now, when Jess and I moved out here, um, there, there's, there's way more of an Italian presence here near Philadelphia. And so we've heard of stories like people will do like Italian sausage or lasagna, some sort of Italian dish on Thanksgiving. Uh, no judgment, you know, that's, that's fine. If you want to do tacos, some people do ham or other things, that's, that's okay. Uh, the, the main thing is Thanksgiving is a time to, to give thanks, right? That's, that's what it's about, as the name implies. And so, yeah, one of the customs that we do is we go around the table and we might share what we're thankful for, okay? What are you grateful for? I want you to think about that. What are you grateful for? Now, current research shows that taking time to be grateful, it actually improves your mental well-being. Psychologists put it this way. They, they, they give two illustrations, headwinds and tailwinds. Okay? Headwinds are the barriers that you face in life. Headwinds, the, the, the wind that is blowing in your face. Tailwinds is the, the benefits and, and the blessings you receive in life. And psychology is telling us, studies are, are showing that you can strengthen your happiness your optimism, positive emotions by focusing on tailwinds, okay? Focus on what gives you life, what gives you wind in your wings. You know, look at the stars, not the mud, that, that kind of stuff. Turns out counting your blessings isn't just something that grandma told us to do, but it actually like reinforces what scientists call positive uh, recall bias. And what that means is people who practice gratitude, people who practice gratitude are better at seeing good, even when times are dark. And it goes beyond uh, emotions. Again, this is like, they're, they're studying this. Studies are showing that grateful people have fewer physical symptoms like headaches and sore muscles, shortness of breath, that like people who practice gratitude feel better within themselves. Their bodies actually physically feel better. It goes on. Grateful people, they tend to focus on choosing healthy activities for themselves. Focusing on nutrition. I'm going to reach for the, the, the celery, not the potato chips. You know, it's like there, there's like a, a switch. Grateful people, studies show, communicate and connect better with other people too. And so it turns out creator God has wired us in such a way that practicing gratitude, it, it builds us up as people, it helps connect, it helps build families and communities as well. And so Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a powerful tool that creator God has given us. And so today uh, we are looking at Psalm 100. 
Psalm 100. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 100 today. It is a call to thanksgiving. In Israel's hymn book, okay, Psalm 100 is a song of thanksgiving. And so let me read it here. It says, Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good, and His faithful love endures forever, His faithfulness through all generations. Not a long psalm, but there it is. Now, did you notice there that it, it, it got started with a call to worship? The whole earth is addressed here. The whole earth is called to make this joyful noise, to make a shout, okay? The root word in the Hebrew, it actually means to split the ear. Perhaps this is why that expression, ear-splitting noise, like the Hebrew, means to split the, the ear. If you know the Jericho story, the people had to raise a shout. They had to split the ear. Psalm 100 is calling the whole earth. All of the lands, all the inhabitants of the earth are called to raise their voice to God, our creator. And it's kind of like this big, victorious battle cry. May all creation just shout Raise a hallelujah to its creator. Psalm 100 then calls us to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, I don't know what translation you're looking at right now. Some translations might use the word worship. The word serve might be a better translation. The Hebrew word here is the same word that is used in Genesis too. It's abad. Abad can be translated as cultivate, work, serve, okay? Adam and Eve, they're called to, to cultivate the garden, work the garden. It's the same word that is used right here in Psalm 100. Abad the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Biblically speaking, when we cultivate, when we work, when we serve God in any capacity, I say that's a form of of worship. And so Psalm 100, it has this broad view of what it means to worship. Folks, worship goes beyond what we're doing right now. It goes way beyond the, the weekend worship gathering. You get to serve God. You get to worship God in all the things that you do. And that's, that's a challenge for us, to see all the things that we do throughout the week as a potential form of, of worship. In other words, to serve God in any capacity is a form of, of worship. And so as we serve God, let's come before the Lord with a joyful song. May our hearts be in tune, just, just kind of humming, singing. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be singing. It, it, it's a posture. You know, it's, it's, a, it's just a, you're, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. Remember that song in the movie Snow White, Whistle? while you work. Turns out that's very theological. You know, work and worship are not to be two separate things. 
You can worship while you work. To do one is to do the other. You serve and your posture, you're, you're, there's a movement towards God with a, with a joyful song, a, a joyful posture in your heart. Next in Psalm 100, it, it calls us to acknowledge that God is God. Wherever we go on earth, we acknowledge that, that God's God, there's only one God and God's our creator. And we're reminded that we will never meet a person who made themselves, okay? We are creations. We're, we're creatures. God is creator. We're made by our creator. We're made by God. Again, more echoes of Genesis here. We are his people. Psalm 100 reminds us we are God's people. And then it, it enters this, this sheep metaphor illustration. We are people of his pasture. Now sometimes when sheep come up in Bible studies, somebody likes to point out that sheep are dumb and dirty animals, right? Have you heard that before, that sheep are dumb? Yeah, okay. If you have to focus on the facts that we're compared to sheep in the Bible, you can, there's space for that. But I advise a better thing to focus on is the fact that we have a loving shepherd. Thanksgiving time, and any time really, it's, it's a time that we can be thankful that we have a shepherd. You know, there's a lot going on in theology. Theology is a really big conversation, and it's, it's like the more you know, the more you find out, like, there's a lot you don't know kind of thing. And so as, as you read and as you grow and, and you're, you know, you're just really trying to get your, your doctrines locked in and really try to just read broadly, all that stuff is good. But if you go back to just like, all right, there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot that is just out there. But I know that I have a good shepherd. And you know what? That's, that's a great place to start. That's a great place to start in theology, that I have a loving shepherd, and he's going to guide me, and he's going to be with me. We can be thankful that we have a loving shepherd. We can also be thankful that the gates of God are always open. So we're out of the, the sheep metaphor already. Now we're thinking about gates. Psalm 100 was written in a time period when cities usually had walls. Okay, and so you think of your walled city. Well, in order to get into that city, there needs to be a gate, right? So the gate is how you get in. The gate is a strategic center of the city. If the gate goes down, the city will lose a key defense. I'm thinking of, I think it's uh, one of the Lord of the Rings movies when they attack Helm's Deep, I believe it was called. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to bust through the gate. So much emphasis is on the gate. It's such a strategic center of the city. But also in ancient times, gates were also a place of social life, administration life. For some reason, that's where respected elders gathered to chat. All right. For me, one of my pet peeves is when people congregate around a door, you know, or, you know, you're going into the grocery store and for whatever reason, that's where, like, a lady decides to dig in her purse. Okay? I don't know what it is. That's... The gate was where they wanted to hang out, okay? 
that it was it was a social meeting. They they would they would talk things out at the gate. Business deals would happen conducted at the gate. And so in short, the city gate was part of a city's life force, so to speak. So just imagine you're, you're traveling, you're tired, you're thirsty, you're hungry. You're smelling a little funky because you've been on the road for a little bit and you're just so ready to get to the city. You're so ready to, to, to get there, get refreshed, grab a bite to eat, put your feet up. Like, I'm, I am just done with traveling. Like, how good it is to finally get to where you want to go when you see the city gates. When we enter the gates, we can do that with thanksgiving in our heart. Okay, but city gates aren't the only gates that we can talk about. And actually, probably what is more in line with what the psalmist is thinking, it's the temple. The temple had gates. As a worshiper of God, how great would it be to go through the temple gates? You know, this is the place where you have access to God. And so we have to think like our ancient spiritual ancestors here, okay? The temple, first the tabernacle, then the temple, like, like this was the geographic location of where heaven met earth. This is the center of Israel's worship life, okay? So, so we, need to, we need to think like that. When we go into the temple courts, how great it is to be at the center of worship life. I made it. I'm not just in Jerusalem, but I'm in the temple. I've, I've made it to the courts. Psalm 84.10 says, Better is one day in your courts than thousand, thousands elsewhere. Now for us today in Christ, we can be thankful. We don't need to go to Jerusalem in order to have access to God. Because the gospel is, through Christ, we have access to God. Anytime, anywhere. Okay, and this is the mystical, supernatural part of prayer and, and, and worship life is that, you know, we can anytime, any day, anytime, we can enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We can enter God's courts with praise. And we do this spiritually. Okay? We give thanks to him. God, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for grace. Thank you for shoeboxes. Thank you for family. Thank you for church. Thank you, God. And we worship Jesus and we, we thank Jesus and we bless his name because without him we are lost. I'm a rescue kid, but I have a forever home in Christ. And like Jonah... I can declare salvation comes from the Lord, right? Just, just like the bottom line, salvation comes from the Lord, okay? I don't want to have to wait until I'm in the belly of a fish to say that. I can say it right now. We can say that right now. You know what? Salvation comes from the Lord, and I'm forever grateful. Let me worship. Let me be so thankful for that. I belong to God. We belong to God. We are not lost. God is good, and this is where Psalm 100 kind of lands us. It reminds us that God is good. 
Good is another word that's found in Genesis. God is good. God makes good. God does good. God loves good. And his love endures forever and ever. Forever forwards, forever backwards. God is good and his love and faithfulness is unchanging. And this is good news. Because even when we forget who we are, we forget that we're his people. When we kind of forget what the church is supposed to be doing, why are we here, where are we going, what are we up to, when we forget our identity, when we fail to believe in God's goodness, the good news is that God is still faithful. That's just awesome. God is faithful. And we have many reasons to come before God with a song. There are many things to be thankful for. And so, yes, focus on the tailwinds in life. Focus on what gives you air, what what lifts you up. The blessings, the benefits all the good stuff, all the good things, all the, just the goodness of God, plain and simple, focus on that. If thanksgiving is a powerful tool that creator God has given us, then yes, let's, let's use it. So I ask you, what is your statement of praise or thanksgiving that you want to share today? And that's a real question, and I hope you have a real answer. You know, what are you thankful for? Allie and I, we just learned a new song this morning. We're going to play it for you. And then we're going to play, like, Speed Gratitude. You don't have, no, no, no pressure, no force, but we're going to pass the, the mic around. I want everyone to share. You're all invited to share something you're thankful for. And then we'll close out with a hymn. So, Think about what you want to share with your family today. What are you thankful for? What statement of praise do you have going on in your heart? We're not looking for a long story. If you really need to tell us something, that's fine. What are you thankful for? So we're going to do this song called Raise a Hallelujah. Then we'll share what we're thankful for. And then we'll close out with a hymn.